This podcast may contain inaccurate information, bad language, and spoilers. When you've been cooped up indoors and quarantine bites, it's time for Agony Art Lockdown Lights. Welcome to Agony Art Lockdown Lights, the bite sized version of the Agony Art podcast in which we try to solve your problems, not with our own problem solving abilities, but instead by telling you how those problems were solved in the great art of our age. And when we inevitably fail to solve those problems, at least you're left with a fun reading, listening and watching list to enjoy in your spare time. My name is Lee... Oh, sorry, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) That's never going to get old. (laughs) (laughs) It was a whole week ago we first made that joke, so... (laughs) Listeners have forgotten it by now. I didn't realise it was a joke. I thought you were both being stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely forgot my own name. Turns out I am being stupid. (laughs) Uh, And I am posing as a book expert. And I've got Carl, our fantastic film forager, and Liam, our meandering music maestro. Here with me on the internet to record Lockdown Lights, episode 8. 12 12 <laughs> Say hello lads Hello lads I haven't got a script, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> Liam's recovering from his One week of hosting Last week <laughs> His only ever week of hosting <laughs> Because <laughs> As you know we had an Instagram poll in the meantime Which showed that no one wanted it to happen again <laughs> Did we? <laughs> yes, because I created 100 Instagram accounts to make sure it happened, Liam. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. There will be more of that in future, but for this week, I'm back at the helm. Before we begin, I want to make it very clear that we're not really here to solve your life's hardest problems. All of our submissions are verified, 100% trivial and or fictional pickles. And our advice should probably never be followed. We're really only here to have fun and drag you along for the ride. So if you're having a real actual hard time, I'd recommend hitting up our website for guidance on who to turn to. That's agonyartpodcast.com. So with that out of the way, let's move on to problem one. And problem one this week is, recently I've become obsessed with what people think about me. I'm so worried all the time that people are going to hate me for the silliest reasons or judge me for the silliest things. I can't stand it. How do I get over this self-consciousness? I think we all feel this to a certain degree, don't we? It's not um, unique to this listener. Yeah, I mean, I judge you quite a lot. (laughs) And I worry about you judging me quite a lot. (laughs) Do either of you two suffer, or is it just, uh, and have you got it under control? I think we all do, like you say, to a degree. Certainly not to an obsessive level, but it's, it's always kind of plays on your mind, doesn't it, a little bit. My wife was saying to me the other day, you should uh, pay for Instagram advertisements for your podcast. And what holds me back from doing that is the opinions of strangers. <laughs> and then, yeah, but hold on, that holds me and Liam Which... back as well, so you're being selfish. <laughs> That's true. But I care about you as well, so I care about their opinions of you, Carl. I don't give a shit. 
<laughs> but any, you... judge me, judge me when I host the episode and it goes terribly wrong, like the studio burns down. Oh. We... There wasn't even an open flame. How did Carl do this? <laughs> so, can we think of a name for this person so that we don't have to, so that we can anonymize them? Robert Rinder. <laughs> Why? Oh, because they're constantly being judged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's doing the judging. <laughs> No, Judge Judy is judging Robert Rindo all the time. <laughs> yeah. He's not as good as me. Well, he, he was he was judged on Strictly Come Dancing. Oh. That sounds like a Jim will paint it um, picture, doesn't it? Can you have Judge Judy judging other judges? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so who's got some good advice for Robert? I think I have. There's a little squirrel on my fence eating a cigarette. And how does that help? <laughs> anyway... So I've only seen this film once and my wife knows it very well. And she, when I shared this uh, problem with her during my research, she said, what's about this one? But to do sometimes, I know it's a bit of a spoiler, but um, she instantly said, leave you blonde. I was like, oh. how so? And then she explained. <laughs> so this is a uh, courtesy of uh, my wife. 2001, directed by Robert Lukatic. Um, Elle Woods, played by Reese Witherspoon. So she's Elle Woods is like a fashion crazed girl. She's comes across as a bimbo type. She's all dressed in pink, got a little chihuahua, you know. Speaking of chihuahua, <laughs> this reminded me of um a conversation I had when I was about nineteen with a, an electrician when I was working on a building site. And he goes like I instantly thought of this. He goes In, in amongst all the pranks that people were pulling. Yeah, you know, those <laughs> those builders, jeez. <laughs> and he goes, um it was like Monday and um I was working there like during uni holidays, and um, said, "Oh, how, you, how was your weekend? It was good." He goes, "Yeah, I watched a really good film on Saturday." I said, "Oh yeah." He went, "Yeah, have you seen it? Beverly Hills Chihuahua Free." <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I think I laughed in his face. But, uh, <laughs> but what yeah. was it? An actual film? Yeah, Beverly Hills Chihuahua is a film, and he watched the third one and said it was a really good film. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not watched it. I've never taken him up on that advice. But... <laughs> anyway, you might, you might be missing out. <laughs> um. So yeah. So she's kind of a bimbo. She goes to a restaurant with a boyfriend, expecting him to propose, and he ends up dumping her because he's going to Harvard to study law because he's all a big shot now. And um, he kind of intimates that she's not the kind of girl that he should be seen with at Harvard. She's pretty crippling, and then this. He's a bit of a dated kind of plot device now to show him that she's that kind of girl. She gets into Harvard herself because she's actually very intelligent. Uh, she just enjoys mm. fashion and pink things and chihuahuas. Um, and so she goes to Harvard to prove that she can be that kind of girl for this arsehole man. But when she gets there, she's actually he's actually already engaged to someone else. She's a lot to happen when he's like, what, 18, 19 or whatever. <laughs> um, he's a busy guy. He is. So then she decides that she's going to smash law school anyway just to show him that, you know, I'm the bollocks. I can be a lawyer too. Are you reading from the back of the DVD case? (laughs) (laughs) Elwood thinks she's the bollocks. (laughs) So she smashes law school. (laughs) See, this is what you get when I don't read from Wikipedia. (laughs) No, I prefer this. This is wicked. (laughs) So as as she's going along, you know, things happen as usual. There's comedic comedic things with her at uni. She doesn't really fit in. People do think she's stupid. She gets an internship assisting a lawyer on a murder case, prosecuting, I think, 
I'm oh, not. It's defending, but she's trying to. They're, they're def- also. Yeah, they're, they're defending, defending her, aren't they? Yeah, they're defending. Yeah, exactly. And they're trying to find someone else. Like a good way of defending someone is actually find the the real culprit. And it turns out the lawyer only brought onto the case uh, because he fancies her and he tries to sleep with her. Um, again, she's only like eighteen, and he must be like forty, which is again a bit ugh. Um, so disheartened with the whole thing, Elle actually quits and goes back to when she came, which I think was California. But then the defendant finds out why she quit and actually fires the lawyer and hires Elle back as like her lead counsel in this weird twist, like a first year law student lead counsel. Whoa. (laughs) And she's a bit out of a depth, of course. And then, Mm. and I will read this verbatim so I don't (laughs) mess it up. Elle begins to cross-examine Brooke's stepdaughter, Chutney. Weird name for (laughs) Chutney. (laughs) Middle name, Mango. (laughs) (laughs) So Chutney's father's been murdered. That's what they're trying to solve. And they're blaming the stepmom. Okay. Who's the Mm. defendant? Who Elle's defending? So um, they're cross-examining Chutney, who's implicated her stepmom in the murder. And she catches Chutney in a lie when she discovers important inconsistencies in her story. Chutney testified that she was home during her father's murder, but did not hear the gunshot because she was in the shower after getting her hair permed. That morning, Elle says that washing permed hair within the first 24 hours would deactivate the ammonium thioglate and points out that Chutney's curls are still intact. With her story falling apart, Chutney confesses that she intended to kill Brooke because she hated the fact that her father married someone who was the same age as she is but she inadvertently killed her father instead. So, Elle uses her, what she does know well, and her own skills, to actually crack the crime and win the day. So... It's always a bit convenient when the murderer just admits everything in the final scene, though, isn't it? Yeah. Are you saying that you think this might not be a true story? (laughs) I'm not convinced. (laughs) There are two sequels, Liam, I think. One and one coming. (laughs) Why would they continue the story if it wasn't true? <laughs> How do you think they got to Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3? <laughs> there are many Chihuahuas in Beverly Hills. <laughs> um, so what I'm trying to get out, if you haven't kind of tweaked already, is that don't worry what other people think. Be yourself and yourself will shine through. And you have your own strengths, your own things you're good at. And just believe in That's- yourself. A hugely uplifting message as well, isn't it? It's like the best revenge is just showing them who's boss. Hmm. Getting on with it and bossing it. Smashing law school. With a spoon. (laughs) With a spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Like the top of an egg. (laughs) (laughs) And There's also a, a rich mine of popular songs which can help you in your play here, I feel. A few episodes back we talked... A little bit about the Greatest Showman, which obviously has the empowering anthem "This Is Me." This is the Greatest Show. <laughs> it's uh, that's one of the more recent en- entries in a long list of songs that encourage you to be proud of who you are and celebrate your differences, and don't worry that other people might judge you for them. Um, earlier on in 2011, and just an aside, I couldn't believe this song was 10 years old when I was looking into this. Um, but Lady Gaga released her pop anthem "Born This Way." which oh, wow. has a very similar theme. Mm. Uh, did you know this song was 10 years old? <laughs> no. Uh, I can believe it because we were at uni when I was obsessed with Poker Face. <laughs> and this True. was... Uh, <laughs> Born This Way was only on her second album, wasn't it? So it wasn't too much longer after that. 
I mean, I guess this is a Gaga super fan we're talking to here, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One once upon a time, I was going to see her twice in two days. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. How sustainable was that? Did you see her for the entire year? <laughs> it only lasted two days. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame you got cut short your two-day um, stay with Lady Gaga. So you might already know my fun fact then. Do you know who co-wrote this song, Born This Way? Ed Sheeran. Uh, I think it was David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> He'd just been elected, to be fair. <laughs> and ev- everyone was, you know, blaming him for what he did to the Lib Dems. Yeah. <laughs> I was born this way. <laughs> um, Taylor so Swift. It, no, it was actually... Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> the Smiths. To be honest, Beautiful I don't know, You might not even know who this person is. <laughs> Akon. Randy Newman. Um, do you remember <laughs> the group Junior Senior? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, moving in So, uh, Yepa Lawson of Junior Senior fame co-wrote Born This Way with Lady Gaga. Oh, Yepa Lawson. Yeah. <laughs> What's oh, favourite? Oh, Yepa. <laughs> um, and and in this song, Lady Gaga's mum, or maybe Yepa Lawson's mum, who knows, uh, advises you that we are all born superstars. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are. He, talking about God, made you perfect, babe. So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far. And I don't think this will be news to any of our longer term listeners. You know, the artist suggested to us time and time again, I feel, that self-love is important. And I, I suspect it will be a continuing theme. And it's very much the theme here. Yeah, that is a good song as well. I do prefer her first album. If you're, uh, if there are any prospective Lady Gaga fans out there looking for where to start, I would start at the beginning. And while I do practice a short session of self-love at least once a week, <laughs> that is not what I'm going to advise. I'm going to advise... I'm going to echo my previous advice, in fact. Olin Miller, his... You'll remember him from a couple of episodes when he mm. said, you probably wouldn't worry about what people think of you if you could know how seldom they do. I'm not going to advise that you spend much time telling yourself how great you are and how it doesn't matter that people have judged you badly because you've judged yourself greatly. What I'm going to say is, it doesn't matter what they think. And for that, I think we have to go all the way back in time to the beginning of Stoicism, which is a school of philosophy. It sounds like um, a medical treatment. What? School of philosophy. Like a camera up what? your behind or something. <laughs> what, a Stoicism? I'm going in for I'm my in... school of philosophy today. <laughs> school of philosophy. Oh. <laughs> sounds like a Jack Black film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to be the philosopher's pet. <laughs> <laughs> so yes uh, stoicism now there's a lot of really heavy books you can read but i'm going to advise the practicing stoic by ward farnsworth which will apparently allow you to see more clearly live more wisely and bear the burdens of this life with greater ease here are the greatest insights of the stoics in their own words now what stoicism teaches us is that things that we can't control don't matter. We shouldn't worry about them. We can't control what other people think about us. So it doesn't matter. And yes, 
we might care about them right now, but Stoicism would advise you that you shouldn't care about them and teach you ways in which to do that. So this book actually has a chapter called What Others Think. So that might have the exact answer you're looking for to learn that I can't control what people think, so I don't care. But if you want a more accessible way to get into Stoicism, then I would advise reading Happy, Why More or Less Everything is Absolutely Fine by Darren Brown. And it's basically a summary of Stoicism and how you can apply it to your modern day life, including basically not giving a fuck about what people think because their thoughts don't affect your life in any meaningful way. So energy spent on worrying about what they think is just wasted energy. Quote from the book, we are terrible at reading each other's thoughts, yet we consistently behave as if we have been endowed with this entirely handsome ability. So my advice is, it doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. You can feel great about yourself or you can feel ambivalent towards yourself. What matters is that you don't give a shit what other people think about you. And yeah, it's hard to do. As we said when we started this problem, even we haven't achieved it. (laughs) We're masters of these things. (laughs) (laughs) But stoicism should give you some methods to achieving that. Actual good advice. Novel. Yeah. I think (laughs) it does depend a little bit on context though, doesn't it? Because... If the context is you're at work and you're doing a bad job and you're worried that your boss thinks you're doing a bad job, you do actually have some control there, don't you, over what he thinks of you or she. Yeah, but the Stoics would say you shouldn't be worried about what your boss thinks, but you should be worried about what you can change to improve that. So what you're in control of. So you're in control of your work. So if you are worried that your boss thinks you're shit at your job, do your job better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose the problem is sometimes people, I might not be helping here, but sometimes no matter what you do, people are going to think ill of you if they just don't like you for some reason. And that might be their problem. And you also have to learn yeah. to accept that as well and not think that it's something to do with you. It might be something to do with them. Exactly. And the other thing is, if it's their problem or your problem, it actually doesn't matter. Like, no. <laughs> if someone... If Liam, for instance, hated me and wanted to replace me as the host of this podcast, <laughs> what do you mean? If? Does that actually <laughs> does that actually affect my life in any meaningful way? It when will I'm... do when I replace you as host of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, now I am worried. His wife will find him just re- like laptop, n- nothing plugged in, microphone not plugged in. Aaron just recording podcasts day and night. <laughs> <laughs> on my own. Yeah. Welcome to episode 1000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got a broad array of advice there. Has broad anyone got brush. anything to wrap up for? Did we come up with a name for this person? Yeah, it's um, Robert Rinder. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone got a final judgment for Robert Rinder? Maybe just a bit of do unto others. If you'd stopped judging everyone in your court so much maybe you wouldn't think everyone was judging you (laughs) that's true does he actually do much judgment anymore because i think he just makes celebrity appearances now Mm. i'm gonna be honest i've I've never really watched it judgment for the plaintiff get out of my court (laughs) (laughs) is that your impression of robert rinder no it's just judy (laughs) i had a dream it was a curious thing a wonderful podcast presented
Trundle our way onto problem two. I've been wondering, actually, this isn't problem two. If we should be doing voices when we um, read our problems mm. to give them personalities. These people are real people out there in the real world, Liam. We need to represent them more accurately, I think. You make this one a Scotsman? <laughs> yeah, it's a sexy Scotsman. You ready? Okay. <clears throat> I recently won the jackpot on the lottery, and I'm not sure whether I should tell my friends or not. On the one hand, they might treat me differently if they know I'm a millionaire. On the other, I kind of want to rub it in their faces. What do you think I should do? Was really? that sexy? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of people will enjoy that, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I deepest apologies to any Scottish people who think that that accent was offensively bad. <laughs> I was going for sexy It might have been bad um, It's not a bad problem to have is it Deciding what you're going to do about winning A lottery jackpot <laughs> Should you have a quick straw poll um, Yeah or is it a pop quiz What was straw poll Throwback yeah. to episode one Right there <laughs> All the way back <laughs> Would you tell many people no, I think, I reckon we'll all be agreed that you do not, like, go public in the sun or anything like that, right? Never. Just asking for a ransom note. Yeah. I would probably only tell my wife, because, and maybe not even her, <laughs> because everyone else, I would probably just say, you know, I, uh, why did you quit your job, Aaron? Oh, because um, my podcast made it really big, so, you know, I'm making my money off of that now. That's fair enough. They'd go, well, that shit. Never heard of it. But you still only have ten followers on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they're ten really rich followers. <laughs> Bill Gates listens to us. <laughs> and I think art is probably going to show that you should be careful who you tell as well. I'm going to start this one and I'm going to start it with Lottery by Patricia Wood, which is a book in which... Perry, the protagonist, has an IQ of only 76, but he's not stupid. What he lacks in intelligence, he makes up in the wisdom that his gran has taught him. And he needs that wisdom because when he wins the lottery, he's got friends and family coming out of the woodwork, as usual, to claim their part of his fortune. And if he wants to avoid getting scammed, he needs to stay switched on. So, listener and... <laughs> We forgot to come up with a name again, didn't we? So, Dale, <laughs> do you know which of your friends you can trust? And are you prepared to defend your new fortune against distant relatives who want to leech it from you? And if not, then maybe you should keep it quiet. But I've got another example, just in case that wasn't enough of a cautionary tale. My Wish List by Grégoire Delacourt is a French novel which has been translated into 25 languages. Jocelyn Gourbet lives a simple life. She works at a fa fabric shop. She's got a son and a daughter and a husband. But her husband's a bit of a dickhead, a Moby dickhead. He abuses her, basically, because of their third baby died. And he basically hates her for it. But she run she's 
satisfied with her life. She doesn't want to split up with him or anything. She just runs a blog about knitting and fabrics and gradually her blog starts to pick up readers and she starts to get a following of passionate knitters. Just like our podcast is getting a gradual following of people who are going to make me millions. <laughs> things so see, things are going well on her blogging front, but then out of nowhere, she wins 18.5 million euros on the lottery. She claims her cheque, but she doesn't cash it. Like you, Dale, she struggles with a decision. Her life, as she's living it now, might be small and simple, but does she want to complicate it with all that money? And if she tells her, as I say, abusive husband, will he just take the money and run? But in the end, the decision is made for her, because her husband goes off on a business trip and never returns. When she looks for the cheque in her hiding place, it's gone. He did take the money and run. So her fears were justified. And there's more to it than that. It's There's a lot more story to go, but I won't go on. I would just use this book as food for thought. Maybe you're right about people treating you differently, and maybe some people will even want to steal from you and use it as a way to treat you badly. So you should be careful about who you tell, yes, but maybe you should even be careful about whether you even claim the money. Maybe, you know, if you're really worried about it, you could submit that money to the Agony Art Cursed Money Disposal Scheme and we would get rid of it for you. I think we can do that, can't we, lads, under that yeah. scheme that we're I'm running? Good. I'm quite good at getting rid of money. We've, we've just started the Agony Art Cursed Money Disposal Scheme, so yeah. feel free to send it in. I'll get, I'll get rid of money really quickly when I, when I get paid from work. You know, I'm really good at it. <laughs> so I do agree, you know, you want to be careful. You want to make sure you're acting with caution. But I am going to offer a slightly different take on this. I do think it's hard. You don't you don't want it, this to impact your friendship too much. But there is some advice from the music industry that advises you not to keep it all to yourself. And I'm talking about Britney Spears's 2000 single, Lucky, here. And this tells a story of a... <laughs> Lucky! Hollywood actress. She's so lucky. She's a star. <laughs> it's like Britney's in the room. <laughs> of a, a Hollywood girl, as she's called, who by all appearances seems to have everything she could ever need. So she, you know, she's everyone thinks she's brilliant. Isn't she lovely, they say. She's winning Best Actress Awards. And then the chorus takes a bit of a darker turn. And, I mean... I know at least Aaron will know this. I imagine Carl knows it as well. Called Aaron out because you were a Britney super fan before you were a Lady Gaga super fan. <laughs> I've gone on a journey in my life. And yeah, so the chorus says, if there's nothing missing in my life, then why do these tears come at night? She's, she's crying at night, crying herself to sleep. And the point here is this. If you, no matter how successful you are, if you, if you keep it all to yourself and don't tell anyone about it, it might feel great initially, but you could end up very lonely and unhappy. So I think Brittany might encourage you to instead share your newfound wealth and, you know, keep your friends close because you might need them. Mm. Very good point. Very good you point. don't want to end up cry, cry, crying at your lonely heart, mm. do you? No, not at all. So um, I've been watching 2004's Lost, which I didn't watch first time around, so it's all new to me. I got the obvious um, benefit of binging rather than waiting weekly, which must have been torturous back in the day. But, um... So I, I watched Lost pretty much religiously at the time it came out. What is it like watching it now? Because I don't know if it's aged at all. 
any really or how well it's aged well as a new watcher i think he's absolutely fine i don't think i can see how it was probably better to watch it weekly and like you get a week of buzz like oh my god what was that about what's going to happen what do you think and that will create all the, like, the theories about it mm. binging it it's like oh well i'll find out in like <laughs> 12 seconds so i think it's it's better place for weekly television but i'm still enjoying binging it um aaron i told aaron i was doing it and then he's binged the whole thing in six seasons in the time it's taken me to watch three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my wife and I have binged it after Carl started and I was amazed by how well it's held up. Like the first few episodes are incredibly good at setting the scene and balancing drama and special effects and stuff like that. And I'm surprised how well it's aged, basically. That could be something that aired now. I think the quality of it because the plane crash at the beginning gripped me instantly and it's just so well done. It's like it's probably the best opening of any T V series ever in achieving what it's gonna achieve. Could you like like it's incredible. So in Lost, um one of the characters which I think I remember being quite well loved back in the day and I I like him. I think Aaron likes me a lot is Hurley, the big guy. Hugo, Hugo is Reyes. his real name, isn't it? Hugo. Hugo. Mm. And um he has won the lottery. And one of the plot points is that they hear numbers on the island and they're the lottery numbers he played that won him the lottery. So there's a whole mystery about what are these numbers, which I still haven't got my head around. And I'm like, what are these fucking numbers? Um, (laughs) And he had this exact problem. So he, in a flashback episode to when he did win the lottery, he didn't tell anyone. And he was walking around holding the ticket like, what do I do? He had a job in a chicken shop. Like, just quite a mundane job, quite a, you know, low-profile, normal life, although it seems a little bit like a tough life as well. And he asked his friend, who I believe the actor's name is DJ Quails, he's in Road Trip, promise me nothing will ever change. And then we, it hasn't, the, so far, the show hasn't returned to that, a flashback of Hurley post that bit, so you don't know what, well, actually you do, but you don't know what happened with his friend. His friend's not in any other flashback, but loads of bad stuff happens when it comes out that he's won the lottery and it goes public and he becomes really unlucky. Well, he thinks he's cursed and unlucky, mm. which I don't know is maybe the case with these numbers. Who the fuck knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are the numbers, Carl? You can oh, remember God, them, can't you? No, I can't. Not at all. Really? 4, yeah. 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched it for about, this... what, how long would it have been? Like, at least Lee, years. we didn't press execute. <laughs> I was going to say, of course Liam remembers them. He's been typing him in every 108 minutes since he watched Lost. <laughs> I play him on the lottery every week. <laughs> yeah, it says on the Wikipedia page that there's like, that's the most commonly played numbers in the US lottery or something. So what, everyone will win it basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. If you, even if you play them and think, I'm going to get lucky because these are, you know, significant numbers, hmm. you're going to be sharing them with 100 people. So even if the jackpot's 100 million, hmm. or not even 100, probably way more than that. Hmm. So, so Hurley obviously gets stuck on the island with everyone else where he tells a few people I'm worth like $114 million at home and they all laugh at him <laughs> and they don't believe him. And he's he's kind of got what he wanted. Like, he's the only character you think is like rather... Well, actually, like, others like Locke seems in his element. But Hurley seems quite happy to be on the island. And like, he's like, well, this is where I am now. That's great. <laughs> and um, um, he's kind of chill as well, isn't he? Because, well, A, he's that kind of character. But B... It's also whenever they're in a dangerous situation, hmm. he knows that he's the luckiest guy in the world. 
So he's probably going to get out of it fine, but the people around him might not. Yeah, like the guy that blew up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so maybe, you know, you know, if it's a big problem and the money's going to cause you a problem, just don't claim it and go and move to a desert island or just don't claim it at all. <laughs> or, um, you know, don't really tell anyone at all. Just live your life as you want to live it. Or claim it and send it, send it to us. Yeah, or claim, add, send it to the Agony Art Benevolent Fund. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do an impression of someone from Lost okay. and you've got to guess who it is. Hello, Jack. Lock, that's Lock, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really good. <laughs> Do you miss me, brother? <laughs> that's Kate, I think. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> um, what were we talking about before? I mean, before the impressions, especially, but... I kind of uh, wrapped up my thoughts on what you should do. Oh, yeah. Move to a desert island. We can talk some more Lost, though, if you like. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, apart from what you should do if you win the lottery, Carl, I think if you're expecting to reach the end of Lost and have every question that you have answered, I would lower that expectation. Okay. So Not why? drastically. I finished the series this time. Yeah. Thinking, oh, I was expecting more to be left unanswered than that because people were quite angry at the time that so yeah. much had been left unanswered, but... I didn't think that much had been. I just thought there's quite a lot of things that aren't. Do you find out up. why there are polar bears on a tropical island? <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Oh, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> <laughs> And is it the polar bear from the Golden Compass at the end? <laughs> yeah, voiced by uh, Daniel Craig. <laughs> no. Voiced by Daniel Day Lewis. He's been living as a polar bear for three years <laughs> on a tropical island. <laughs> I'm so on a... hot. <laughs> Too much fur. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink it up. <laughs> uh, so that's what you should do with that lottery money buy loads of milkshake and drink it up. And binge lost. Yeah, and binge lost with your Disney Plus membership that you've paid for. Other streaming services are available. Listen to one of our other episodes where we list all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Can't remember which one it was. (laughs) And that's all we've got time for today. Check out the episode notes or agonyartpodcast.com to find links to all the media we mentioned and for a link to the Agony Art Spotify playlist where you can listen to all the songs. If you've got a problem you would like us to attempt to solve, you can reach us on our group Instagram and Twitter accounts at Agony Art Podcast or on the submissions page on our website. I would like to thank our resident Agony Aunts for their contributions. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And thank you for listening. We won't be back next week because this is the very last lockdown light. We'll be back in a few weeks' time with a full fat agony art episode to wrap up series one so keep an eye out for that and join us for the party in the meantime keep sending in your problems and enjoying all the art recommendations that we have thrust upon you see you later bye but i'd suggest keep it light because their advice can't be shite and they won't be held liable oh no not at all not here Agony Art Agony Art
Ganyan.